It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Well, Greg McMichael, um, we are finally back from all of our travels and uh, back here in our home, our, our behind the Braves home, the Alumni Lounge here at SunTrust Park, and uh, we're happy to be back and very happy to uh, to have, actually it's funny, here in the Alumni Lounge, hanging over the couch where all of our guests always sit, there's a painting that uh, I'm going to assume was painted sometime in the uh, 2010-ish or maybe a little bit earlier than that. Because it's got Bobby Cox, you got Smoltzy, you got Chipper, you got Andrew, and then right there on top in his stance is today's guest, Jeff Francoeur, now broadcaster Jeff Francoeur. You you and Frenchy go back a little ways, right? You guys have known each other for a bit, right? Yeah, we have. I didn't get a chance to you know play on the same teams. He was kind of coming up as I was finishing up my career, but being a local boy and being around the team, obviously I had a chance to to talk with him and. I don't think he's ever met a stranger. He's no. he's pretty outgoing and, and uh, a lot of fun to, to be around. He is indeed. Well, of course, this is Behind the Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations and World Series champ Greg McMichael. Um, and it was we were we knew we were going to have Frenchie on at some point, and we just kind of just you know waiting for the schedule to shake out the right way. And I've we've both been excited to have him on because the guy he's just got such a great personality. He's always smiling. I see him during a typical game day, you know, you'll just walk past each other in the hallway in the press box or in between innings uh, uh, or whatever, and he's always on. He's always laughing. You can hear him coming from way down the hall <laughs> because he's messing yeah. with somebody, joking with somebody, and 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 loud in a very good, positive way. You know, yeah. people like being around him, and he's uh, – and as you're going to hear today, he's, 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 he's always on, and he's – it's it's pretty cool to hear him talk about now his new career as a, as a baseball broadcaster. Of course, he's going to be the main color analyst alongside Chip Carey on the Fox uh, Braves broadcast this year. Um, for as funny and outgoing as he is, he also I mean, he takes this new gig very very seriously. I mean, and you're going to hear that today. It it was really cool to hear him talk about uh, talk about his approach to broadcasting and what and being in the booth nowadays. Yeah, I agree. He he obviously loves the game of baseball. And he's serious about what he's doing. He realizes that he has an opportunity to have a second career. And I think he'll approach it. And by talking with him, he's going to approach it the same way he did his baseball career. He wants to be the best he can be. And so I'm not surprised by that. But uh, he does bring a lot of energy. He is, and I made mention this too in in the podcast, the fact that what you hear, that's who he is. I mean, there's nothing, he's not putting on any airs and, He's not any different than than how who he portrays himself to be. I, and I think that's why people, if, 
for the most part have loved him on the broadcast because he is that guy. He is he's just he's just he's funny and he is he's going to say what's on his mind and say mm-hmm. what he thinks. It was it was funny last year. I think this was uh, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but I think he was doing one of the radio broadcasts last year uh, alongside Jim Powell somewhere on the road. And I'm gonna. It must have been a day game or a Sunday, Sunday day game or something like that. And I think Jim kind of was, you know, talking about whatever he was talking about and kind of setting up something for Jeff to then comment on. And uh, and Jim goes to throw it to Jeff, and Jeff just goes, "I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't hear a thing you said. I'm getting ready to crush this French toast." <laughs> you know, and it was just one of those moments like, yeah. "Oh, man, you just gotta love that," you know, because yeah. he was because he really was sitting there getting ready to crush some French toast. So. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've enjoyed already having him on the broadcast for the last couple of years, and now we're going to see him on, I think, I don't know the exact number. I think it's 100, 110 mm-hmm. games, something yeah. like that. That's going to be uh, – I think Glav's doing 60 and he's yeah. doing over 100. And that's and that's, it's, 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 a, it's a fun mix they've got this year in the in the booth. Yeah, I'm excited. I, and, you know, this kind of happened with Paul Bird, too. Back when he finished up his career, I knew Paul was going to be really, really good. And I was glad to see him step into the role that he's into and – Jeff, with his personality, I think it's great for our brand and to see him to step in. And then, you know, he's got a young family. So for him to do that many games, that's a a sacrifice that he's making. But I think that for us, I'm thankful that he's willing to make it at this point because I think it's going to be it's going to be a great thing for us. Absolutely. And you and you're going to hear him talk about that three kids five and five and under. So yeah, that's 100 110 games. That is a that's a serious commitment. So we're we're happy to uh, have him on the broadcast and we're very happy to have Jeff Francoeur right here on behind the Braves. Three balls, two strikes, runners hold. Pitch swung on hammer center field deep Patterson back to the infield track. David and Karen, his parents can't believe it. You know when your kid does well in Little League? Well, this is that times about 100,000. Wow. All right. Well, Jeff, welcome to Behind the Braves here in the Alumni Lounge. And uh, like I said, this is our 14th episode, and uh, we're glad to have you have you on and be here with us today. Thank you, man. It's an honor. Well, we know that um, uh, – there's a lot of things happening in your life. You got uh, a new baby, <laughs> three so, kids, three, right? three kids, all under the age of five. Five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you. I said, if we're gonna go, let's just go all in. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't one of these guys that wanted to do like eight, six. Oh, and then let's have another yeah, baby yeah, yeah, and get yeah. back in diapers. I said, when we get out of diapers, we're out of diapers. Yeah. Well, and your wife, Katie, right? Yeah. And she's hanging in there, doing she okay? She is. She is. She's, yeah, she's still talking one more, possibly. Oh, yeah. okay. I told her, if you could guarantee me a boy, I think I'm in for one more, because we have girl, boy, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice. I don't know if I can handle three teenage girls at some point. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, that's, I had a good friend of mine that had twins and then triplets. Oh, my gosh. You'd have to put so me in the all in college <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I told him, I said, he's my insurance guy. I said, listen, <laughs> I said, I know you got to put these kids through college, but don't be doubling your rates. I on was going right. to say, is he scamming <laughs> off the top? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, um, you had a great career. You spent 12 years um, playing the big leagues. You know, you play with multiple teams. This is a question that came up at fantasy camp. I just came back and and uh, what what's the definition of a journeyman? And, so, of course, Jay Howell's coming up with this because he wanted to be the journeyman. And so I knew he had been with 
um, you know, eight teams. And I said, well, you got to be at least with 10 teams. He's, he's arguing with me. So I know today's different than it was, you know, when you first started when I played. But um, do you feel like you were a journeyman? I do and I don't. You know, like you said, it's so different now. I mean, people people play for three teams in one year. Yeah. Um, you know, so that that's a little bit different. I feel like I'm a journeyman in the fact that, you know, I went back to AAA for those four months in El Paso and grinded, worked my tail off <laughs> to get back for my last two and a half years in the big league. So I think in that sense, yes, I felt like I, you know, after eight and a half years in the big leagues to tuck your tail and go down there and, and ride buses and 6 a.m. flights, put it this way, if it wasn't for my wife kicking me in the rear, I probably would have maybe hung it up at that wow. point. What did you learn from that? You know, just that I honestly, I never took another AB in the big leagues for granted. I think, you know, for some years, especially when I had big years or good years, you know, it was like maybe it was one of those games where you're getting beat 12-1 and the manager takes three, four guys out, you know, and you say, well, why do I got to keep playing? Or, you know, I played every day. Why do I got to do this? And I remember thinking, I'll never give me that AB. I want that AB now, you know, and it just made you appreciate how hard the game is, you know, and, and how hard it is to stick yeah did you pitch when you went down or was that yeah, later every on? no I pitched when I went down it was funny because people kind of thought I was being serious about it and I, I really wasn't at first and then I actually started to do okay and I remember Pat Murphy our AAA manager down there got a phone call from the farm director Randy Smith for the for the Padres because we were losing three to one in the eighth inning and Pat ended up bringing me in <laughs> <laughs> wow, safe situation right off the get-go. And, and, well, yeah, so, you know, we're down by two. Oh, you were yeah, down. We're okay, down I'm by sorry. Two. But Randy called and said, you know, we have relievers. Like, I understand when you bring Frenchie <laughs> in when it's 10 to 1. And I had thrown two or three times and done really well. And Pat told him, I thought Frenchie's our best option to stay in the game. <laughs> wow. Was there a different pressure when uh, you came in at 3 to 1? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. You know, my, my first one, we were, I think we were down, you know, 17 to 2. It didn't matter. I you, just let it in. You eat. had eight guys in the bullpen cussing you down. Oh, they were not happy, <laughs> you know. And I actually held it to 3 1. That was the best part. But, you know, honestly, if anything, I had fun again, man. Mm -hmm. I had fun playing the game. You know, he's a bench coach with Milwaukee now, Pat Murphy. But he, I always say he was a huge influence in me because he made made me have fun. You Mm -hmm. know, he he wasn't going to let me sulk and, you know, feel sorry for myself because you know as well as I do, every single guy in that clubhouse would have died to have eight and a half years in the big leagues like I did. So it it made me appreciate things and see it in a different picture. Well, as long as we're talking about pitching and having fun, how much fun was it to pitch in in the big leagues for the first time? I mean, how how, like you had to have been grinning ear to ear when you were going in, right? I was, I was, but I give full credit to relievers that can go two innings now because that was the thing. You know, I went out there the first inning and went one, two, three, and um, pitched a clean seventh in Baltimore. I was the only guy to put a zero up (laughs) the whole thing, but I pitched a clean inning and only fifteen pitches, and so I came in and I remember Sandberg coming over to me and he was like can you go another one and i was like yeah come on this is easy so, yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah. hey man what's the levers whining about did, this did is you, easy did you just see me out there <laughs> so i sat down took a 15 minute break well did i i didn't realize that sitting down and then you lose that adrenaline, adrenaline that's right oh my lord i went out there and threw my first warm-up pitch in the eighth <laughs> inning i thought my arm was gonna fall off and then i always gave you know uh ryan flaherty who was with the braves last year he was the first guy I faced in the eighth inning and i threw my first pitch which was i was sitting about 91 92 with some movement 
Well, my first pitch of the eighth inning was a fastball at 83 right down the middle, and he hit it about 600 feet. Hit a bomb <laughs> off me. Now That's why I always joked with him last year. I'm like, I kept you in the big leagues. <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, that's uh, – I know that any time – of course, I never got a chance to – well, you know, I as a pitcher got to hit, but oh, I only yeah. had 18 at-bats over the course of eight years. And um, – you know, and so you get up there and you get to experience what it's like to hit in down. Of course, they're just throwing me fastballs and that kind of stuff. But to be able to go out as a pitcher, because how many times did the guys during batting practice, hey, let me get up there and throw a little bit off the mound, you know, come in there and the bullpen with Leo. To. Yeah, yeah, hey, Leo, yeah. take a look at my stuff. Let me see what I got because I think I can help you. You see this ball running a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and, you right. know, it's one of those things you, you always dream. I always tell people. But then that inning, I ended up throwing 33. I, th- I threw 48 pitches. And we had a train ride after the game from Balt or from Baltimore back to Philly. And by the time I got off the thing, my left butt cheek was hurting <laughs> so bad because of, of doing a new motion. I mean, I was like, I don't want to do this again. I'm good. Don't don't worry about it. That's great. That's great. That's that's good stuff. When you look back at your your playing career, I mean, what is is there one thing that you think that that is what I'm most proud of? That that night, that game, that at bat, or just is there anything in particular that you're most proud of from your career? Um, if I had to say anything, is probably just getting a chance to play in the World Series in 2010 with the Rangers mm. because you grow up with your pops on the couch, watching the Fall Classic, dreaming. Gosh, how what is it to be like to be out there and uh, to be in Texas and run out there with your name in the starting lineup and your mom and dad and family and friends out there. Uh, both Bush, President, both President Bushes were there. Uh, you know, Nolan Ryan. I still love it because Nolan Ryan said, uh, or President Bush said, we're we're the only place, state in the country, that Nolan Ryan would get to throw the first pitch out before the President of the United <laughs> States would, because Bush did Game Four and Nolan Ryan did yeah. Game Three. Mm-hmm. Any but pregame pregame uh, pep talk from from President Bush? He did. He came in, hung out with us. It was it was that's what I said. Just the whole experience. You know, I mean, you work your whole life to get to that point, yeah. and you know, this is such a. You can say it's a team game all you want, but how many times you're out there? It's you and the batter, you and the pitcher. You know, it's a team game, but you're also. But when you finally get to that World Series, it's like the ultimate team goal. It's what what you guys achieve and you work for, and so that was probably my my best. I mean. Mm-hmm. We lost in five games. The Giants started their little run for them. But, you know, just the experience as a whole was something I can always take with me. I'm curious to know how his uh, – President Bush's speech was compared to Ted's that we got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably a little bit different. Yeah, probably a little different. What was – can, can you give me a quick yeah, note Ted, version oh of what Ted's speech? So, we're all – family sit- program. We're all sitting there. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't dirty. It was hilarious. <laughs> We're all sitting there, and Ted comes in, and he's got his sport jacket on. He goes, guys, I just want you to know one thing. Don't worry if you win or lose. I'm going to make a million bucks either way. He's <laughs> <laughs> hey, telling it like it is. Uh-huh. Took a lot of pressure off of us. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, that does kind of – Regardless, the owner's going to be happy. <laughs> Well, when when you were playing, did you ever think about broadcasting becoming a post-career thing? Was that ever even a thought, or was it until you were done that it first became a, a thing? You know, when I really started to think about it was when I was in AAA. I <laughs> started <laughs> okay. thinking, what am I going to do next if Plan this B. doesn't? And, and it was something that I think starting 15 with the Phillies and then back with the Braves in 16, you know, I started to on the plane talk to – 
Because it's changed now, you know. And, and Greg, you can say when when you, when you were there playing, and when I first came up, we were playing cards on the plane. I mean, everybody was out of their seats playing cards. Now you get on the plane, everybody's sleeping, getting their rest. It's completely different. Well, you know, I'd like to have a cold beer and sit there and talk and with everybody. And so I used to end up going out and talking to. You know, a lot of the TV guys the last couple of years just because I'm like, well, I don't want to go to bed. I'm, I'm good, you know. And, and so I started to kind of get the feeling that this might be something I want to do and call games and especially here in Atlanta where I live. Because, you know, if there's anything, you know, that when you're done playing, the last thing you want to do is get back out on the road. You're kind of like, Whew, I'm done doing that or at least full time. So when this kind of came about, you know, I – I, I was excited that they gave me an opportunity the first year to, to try out different things, pre-post game, calling a game, doing what you want. And, you know, for me, I end up just – I love calling the game. You know, pre I tell people all the time, pre-post game's harder than calling a game. I mean, you got to put in the work. You're here longer. You know, you actually – during the game, you have to pay attention so you know what you're talking about after the game. Um, so – but I enjoy talking baseball and – what a fun year last year, especially when you have a good team now. It's I, I can't wait for this year. Yeah, and you've done a great job. I, I mean, I would say most of the people in the office, they're invested in the games as well as us working behind the scenes. But, you know, just, just paying attention to it, I've heard nothing but positive feedback. And, of course, you know, being a local boy, playing, drafted by the Braves, played for the Braves, getting to finish your last year with the Braves, and then now – coming full circle now working um working here you know you have you have a a a unique perspective I've always said you know I feel like I have a unique perspective being in the minor leagues big leagues now in the front office you have a unique perspective too as well so when you're talking and you're broadcasting the game you know people know that that you you have that flavor that not everybody has so I think it comes across really well of course you know you are who you are. I mean, what, what people hear on TV is who you are yeah. in real life. Yeah. And, I, and I can say that because I've, I've known you for a while. And, yep. and, um, and so that's the very genuine. And you care about the game. You know the players. And, and of course, you've played with everybody, right? That, it helps. That's <laughs> the, that's it does. You got thing. the relationships. I mean, you go into the visiting clubhouse, and, and I know at least, you know, 10 players on the teams and, and most of the managers, if not some of the other coaches. And that helps because you get some – inside things and talking to them. I think one thing, too, is when I went into this, I realized right away you either got to want to do it or not. I mean, because there's no way to call a game. If you're unprepared, it's going to show, and you're going to know. And I think the one thing that I really tried to do last year was be prepared, um, have my stuff in order, but also you watch a lot of games, you know, if you think about it, this past week in the uh, AFC Championship watching Tony Romo. Oh, yeah, he's getting incredible. A lot of he's awesome. Yeah. But one thing I loved was he wasn't sitting there telling stats. And I think I think we've gotten so stat-driven um, that during the games, you know, no offense, but the person sitting on the couch can look up what Freddie Freeman's done the last seven games. But the person on the couch doesn't understand how hard it is with the lefty on lefty and a guy throwing 95 why he swung at a slider outside in the dirt. And, and that's the thing I really wanted to try to bring and I'm going to continue to do. It's not so much talk to stats, let chip and let the people do it, but bring the inside of the game and why things are happening. Um, and like you said, I, I, I said I've, I've tried my best, and, and I love the criticism. I mean, I ask people all the time after the producers. I call our producers on the way home all the time asking them, what would you think? 
Are there things I could do? Because I want to be good at this. And, and it's not something I've done for a long time, so it's not, you know, still the most comfortable thing. I'm still learning. And what I was going to ask you about the, like, how your preparation, what that process is like. I just knew it was, it opened my eyes a few years back. I was doing just a local sports radio show uh, in Virginia, where I'm from, two hours a day. And it was like the, the first day I thought I was well prepared and I thought I had all my stuff in order. And then you realize once the mics are on and you're live and you're on there, it's like, you you go through all your preparation, all your stuff so quickly. I'm like, okay, I need to be here even earlier. I need to boot, do. I need to have a couple pages more stuff than I know I'll ever use. I mean, so what is the preparation just for a typical game day for you for broadcasting? What what all preparation goes into that? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is I spend about an hour before the first game of the series breaking down the other team because for the most part you know the Braves. I mean, I I know our team backwards and forwards. <laughs> And guys that I don't know or maybe that come new at the end of spring training, I'll figure everything about. I want to know the other team. And, and that's a great thing. If you do that before a series, then the next game two and game three, and if there's game four, are pretty easy. Then you're pretty prepared. You're maybe just looking at the other starting pitcher. But uh, you talk about it like that, and that's what – I mean, I remember people ask me, what did you do to prepare? I'm, I mean, literally, I got thrown into the fire. It's not like I had never done a game before. And I did two pre-posts, and then I did my first game in the booth, and I was scared to death. I remember when that <laughs> thing came on, and I'm like, you know, it, this is three hours, you know, and it's not. I mean, you're rattling things off. you got to go. So, But I think it's like anything. The more you do it, you know, it, the experience. But that was one thing. I just don't want to – I don't ever want to not be prepared. And so I think that it's like anything. I just – you got to know the players. you got to know who's there. And for me, luckily, right now it's pretty easy because I've – I've known all these guys and played against them. You know, I've talked to Smoltz a little bit, and he's like, you know, in another few years, you're going to have to do a little more homework than you think because a lot of those guys you played with aren't going to be playing. Well, we, we've had a great example um, with Smoltz, how he has done really, really well moving into his role, MLB, you know, and DeRosa too, yep. who we know. And and John doing the the postseason games just been phenomenal game of the week during the so have you gotten a chance to talk with him a little bit about this and and <clears throat> getting his perspective on it absolutely and I think you learn thing the one thing I love that I did last year two things that I feel like I did ten times better than the first year was not talking over a play letting the play happen e even if I'm in the middle of the story shut up <laughs> right. you know let the play happen let Chip call it and then continue and I think the other thing was to slow how you're talking. You know, so many times when you're doing a game, you get rambling, you talk too fast because whether you're nervous or whether you, you know, don't mean to, then right. you say something or it doesn't come out right. And, you know, the slower I talked last year, it was like all of a sudden, man, that makes sense what I just said, you know, <laughs> yeah. or or you feel like you you brought up a good point that maybe in years past you were talked so fast that you maybe you had two or three things and you're like, I didn't really get a hit home with that. So I think that was one, the biggest thing, and I remember Smoltz saying, when you're talking slow, remember you can probably even talk a little slower. Mm -hmm. and that's a great point. If you look at the broadcasters back in the day, they didn't feel like they had to talk all the time. It seems like nowadays there can't be any dead air. It just has to be – even football, it's almost like it's they're not letting the plays happen. Yeah. They're trying to analyze every little thing, and, and even – I don't like in baseball. I mean, look at Vin Scully. I mean, there was mi a minimalist there yep. that happened, but that's changed. You know, it's almost like you got to feel it. But that's that's a great perspective because I think that comes across better because you can process a little bit more when it's slower. But also, I think it's just a better game when you can let the game play out and let your imagination on radio. Now, TV's a little different, but 
Um, I don't want somebody talking the whole time. No, but I think the thing that helped me for TV was being able to do, I think I did 32 radio games last year, some of the postseason, because on radio, you've got to shut up. Yeah. You know, that, that fan wants to hear the yeah, crack of the bat. Right. You right. know, so I think that really helped me realizing it's a lot better. And, and then it's like anything, if you start driving around or now, like, you know, you're watching Sunday Night Baseball or watching things and you look for certain things that you're like, I like that or, you know, I, I don't necessarily like that. So mm. I think that's one thing that, you know, like I said, I've, I've wanted to do this for a while now. Yeah. Cool. And, and I was going to ask you kind of the, what has been the biggest learning curve for the broadcasting. Was it the, the slowing down or is it just a kind of a combination of things? Is I think it's a slowing down for yeah. sure because, you know, then you're not stuck going – uh, you know, saying, uh, well, you can talk you know. fast anyway. Yeah, exactly. So. I get excited. I get excited about the game and, and telling people. So I think that's one thing is just calming yourself down, um, you know, talking so you know what you're saying and the fans know. It's funny because we've, we, you know, we've been doing this for a little while now. So I think we're, we've kind of got a rhythm and a flow to it. But after our first couple, you know, we, we would listen back to them. And Greg, I remember Greg, you texted me one day. And you're like, you know, maybe I need to like, drink a, a red bull or a take some some speed or something i sound like i'm about to fall asleep i was like well i was going to tell you i think i need to take some value before we start because i'm like motor mouth well, over here and, and you just got to learn you got to keep doing it it's, you know? it's so funny i tell people my best year in the big leagues was 2011 with the kansas city royals and i'm such a high energy guy i actually that whole year about an hour before the game took a xanax before every game Really? And I tell people that, and they're, they're like, well, that would put me to sleep. I said, it apparently put me right where I needed to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I remember when I was with the Braves on a couple off days when Bobby would give me, he would hate me in the dugout because I'm just walking back and forth. <laughs> and he finally was like, Frenchie, just go upstairs. You <laughs> oh, know? my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, how uh, are, are you um, – we, we had Brian McCann on the day that he uh, that he signed. Yep. And, and I asked him, or we asked him, um, are you excited or terrified to have Jeff Francoeur in the booth calling your games? And he just gave us a big smile and said, I'm terrified. Yeah. So <laughs> how excited are you to call uh, Brian McCann's games? Well, I told Chip, I said, the only thing that I'm doing that's your job is BMAC already told me that when he hits a home run, he wants me to come up with a home run call for him. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to be yet, but I told Chip, I said, I got to take over when BMAC hits one, you know, (laughs) but it's going to be a blast to call his games. You know, I I think I told him the one thing I'm so excited for him is in 16, when I came back to play, you know, opening day, when I went up to bat for the first time, I mean, just when, you know, it's humbling when 45,000 people get up and cheering you and appreciate what you did and how hard you played. It means a lot. And I told Brian, so that's probably going to be the coolest thing for you is mm-hmm. when you walk up against the Cubs, that first home game. Now, obviously, they open Philly, but when you open up at home, it's going to be one of the coolest feelings. And I said, just enjoy it, appreciate it, because, you know, for Brian, whether, you know, this is probably it, you know, you realize I need to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I When we were we were just having lunch here in the battery before we came over here. And I, I was telling Greg, I was talking about that moment um, at Turner Field, opening day, 16. Yeah. And I, I was just talking about, I, I was in the press box for that, and I, I said that was just one of the coolest things when somebody comes back home and the hometown crowd, that, that moment is, for me, just putting my fan hat on, that's always one of my favorite things when that story when that story is able to happen, when somebody's able to come back. Uh, yeah. Some other Braves, that like I remember when Julio Franco first came back, um, I think as a Met, and the, the ovation he got, 
just from the fans just in his first at bat. It's those little things stick with you when the people appreciate the player, whether they're coming back with another team or they're like you did, they're fortunate enough to come back and play with that team. It's uh it's just one of those sports moments you can't replicate. And I, I walked and I walked my first at bat. Yeah. I would have figured that. What are the chances I'm gonna come back and walk in my first at <laughs> That was the, the That had to be going low on Vegas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Um, well, should, should I ask him? Yeah, about the, okay. I think you need to okay, go. I've been to waiting go. for this. Uh, okay, all right. I know exactly where you're going. Do with you? This. Do you? Maybe not. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I want to. No, let me, I want to see where. Where do you think I'm going with? Are you it? talking about a prank? No. No. Okay, no. Wasn't going to do it. Right, no. We're we going to leave that out. No. Yeah. No. This was uh, actually when you were with with Kansas City in uh, 2012. You made a, an appearance with some of your teammates at a place called the MLB Fan Cave in New York. Yes. And a guy. Saying kind of a, I, I dare say it was a bit creepy, the way he sang. But he <laughs> wrote and and sang you a tribute song to you, and he looked kind of like me. He's a little bit heavier than me at the time. Um, do you remember that moment at all? And that is you. That is me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That? I do remember it absolutely. We came it's to the a physical fan transformation for two hours. here. Yeah, yeah. You ain't lying. I know. Well, that that meal we just had at El Felix is not helping. Put a couple pounds back. On. Yeah, yeah. A couple of them just. He showed me that clip. That was kind of scary. Did I hadn't watched it in forever until we knew we were going to have you on. <laughs> I'd say, I, that fan cave was an awesome thing yeah, they did. Yeah, it was I, cool. I, I don't fun. think they do anymore, do they? They don't. Mm-hmm. No, it's been gone for a couple Which of years. Which is, I thought it was so cool. And people came by all the time. Yeah, it was It was fun. I lived there for I the watched, summer. It was yeah, fun. I watched a bunch of episodes after you told me about Oh, did that. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I and y'all had, someone had to be there to watch every inning of every game. We were right? all there for every inning, yeah. yeah. If we were there from whenever the first first pitch of the first game until the last pitch on the West Coast. It was, you know, every day, 16 hours a day. You know, Ricky did all the parodies, like uh, the Hudson parody was pretty funny. Yeah, um, that did one good. for B-Mac back in the day. For, yeah. for, I, that one was for Darius Rucker. That was a Hootie and the yeah. Bullfish. Yeah, 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 he just yeah. sang with Darius. But see, I can't I can't sing. That's why I have to like it. But I like I love music and I like playing so guitar. I, same way. And that's what I was going to lead into is like I remember back in your, your early playing days, I don't know if it was a, a – Mark Bowman article or, or DOB or who it was, but I remember reading an article that you had a shirt that I think it said something along the lines of "I'm a country song waiting to happen." Waiting so, to happen. So is that just in? <laughs> are you like me in that you know you can't sing, but in your head you're like that's what you want to do. And it. I and I let it go when I'm in the car. I'll <laughs> yeah. sing and do this. And my wife, I mean, I know I stink. I'm tone deaf. Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> and my poor daughter, she loves to sing, and she might be worse than I am. Um, you know, Katie but gets it from she, both sides. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but you know, I love to sing, and that's you know. What's your, what's your go-to? Who's who are some of your favorites? Well, I'm, I love '80s music, so oh, I yeah, like country, yeah. but then I love '80s music, mm-hmm. and I've seen. I don't know if you ever seen the play Rock of Ages. If you haven't, you got to see it. I'm f- definitely it's on familiar Broadway. With it. We just saw it back in January or um, January third. It came to the isn't Fox. Isn't that Constantine from yes, American Idol? Yep, yeah, yeah. He did the original one up yeah. there, and it is. I mean, it's great. You got all the white snakes, sticks. Oh, yeah. I'm as soon as we're done here. I'm packing up and going to see Metallica tonight in Birmingham. Yeah, so this, see, I, I feel like that? Rock Rock of Ages would be right up my alley. And we were out in Vegas with Doggy, and he was sporting his Stick shirt. Was he really? Yeah. He did. He's brand new Sticks yeah. T-shirt. Yeah. My favorite group of all times, Foreigner. So um, they were you big eighties band. Is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Feels like the first time here. Yeah, but, believe uh, it. Uh huh. <laughs> Jukebox here. I mean, we could just start naming corner <laughs> yeah, songs. Yeah, I could go. I could absolutely. go all in. Yeah, that was the. And I don't know if it's even on YouTube anymore. But one of my favorite things was a, a clip of you and uh, Peter Moylan doing the um, the summer nights, the grease routine that? on yeah. uh, the the we big did. board. Yeah, I, I remember wow, that. I didn't see that. It's 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 out there. That's where they used to do the. Uh, 
I don't even know. It was sponsored by somebody at Turner Field, like a, a sing along thing, yeah, like a karaoke thing. Yeah, we are we are talking about. You know, I just got back from fantasy camp, oh, and yeah. one of the things we always have this nightlife with the fantasy camp. So we're, you know, big league breakfast, uh, kangaroo court, have the games. You know, then we have lunch in the clubhouse, play the games in the afternoon, then and then for dinner we always take them out to an activity. So we do bowling one night with a bowling tournament and dinner. Then we'll have uh, we have this place called Tomco's, which is like a simulated golf simulators and we have long drives close to the pin but we've been to the blue man group we've done all these different things well this next year you know we're moving to sarasota and one of the things that uh, we've been talking about for for years is having a live band karaoke so you bring in a live band and the guys get up and then we have a con perfect do it right on the water overlooking Uh, the water with some with some drinks and seafood (laughs) and it'll get real good Uh oh yeah it'll say it'll you'll think it'll sound good i I mean i asked you this year i think uh, we talked about this year you had a family cruise i'm in next year but uh i've already i've already said it because fenneran's been oh my gosh of course he's won he's (laughs) won the championship two years yeah that's right about it even won mvp for his team this year did he let you know that i trust me i got the text (laughs) i knew what was going on every time yeah yeah so we had a blast and um of course andrew came for the first time this year so andrew he came down for the weekend and he's playing in the alumni game. So the last day we play the campers. So all the campers form a team and they play six innings. Each team is, is one inning. And then we form a team. And so Andrew gets up in the first inning. He gets to second base and he gets in a rundown. <laughs> Probably hasn't been on the baseball field in years. And then he's, he's, I'm like, no, not a rundown. And he's going back and <laughs> forth. Well, he belly flops and then he starts trying to crawl to second. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like the only guy with a dirty uniform. <laughs> All right, I won't expect anything else from Andrew. Yeah. And then, of course, he blames me. He says, I didn't get him the proper pair of spikes. I got him only uh, uh, turf shoes. Hey. So he tells everybody, you know, at the awards banquet that next year when he comes back, he will have his own equipment. Uh, so uh, well, he hey, totally okay. threw me on the and, bus. And Andrew, if anybody should know, you're you're Michael Jordan sponsored or whatever jump man. Yeah, you should really. have all that stuff. What's man? going on? Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't. And he played shortstop. He even booted a ball. And he he uh, well, he's he probably blamed that on me. Field exactly. Yeah. What if you weren't an outfielder? What what would be your what would be the place you wanted to play? Would have been pitcher. You know what's funny? He's going into my freshman year in high school. I always had like the six four frame. I thought I was going to be like Ken Caminetti and Troy Gloss at <laughs> third. And so I tryouts. I went out for third, and first ball was hit to me, and I threw it. 10 feet over the first baseman's <laughs> head of the thing, and they moved me straight to the outfield. <laughs> and I've never seen the infield since. <laughs> well, just, just look, because I know we're, we want to be respectful of your time here, but uh, looking forward to this season, uh, you're going to be in the booth. We're coming off a division title. What are you most looking forward to with the, the 2019 team? What I think I'm looking forward to seeing is, first of all, I think we're going to have the best division in baseball. I don't think there's any doubt about it as far as depth-wise. You know, you're going to have the Red Sox-Yankees, but then I think it separates the pack. We're going to have four teams in our division where, honestly, if you look on paper right now, any four of these teams could win the division. And and I still believe that the Phillies are going to end up getting one of oh, really? Machado okay. or Bryce Harper. I really do. I, I, I just think they're going to be able to outbid or be in that money yeah. thing that they'll get one of those. So I think it's going to be a great division. I, I think the one thing I can't wait to see this year is – I think one thing that separated our team from everybody else was our defense last year and how good we were, how much pride we took in it. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how much the rest of the division recognize that and if they want to do that because the Phillies had the worst defense in Mm -hmm. baseball last year. 
Um, Nats weren't much better, and the and the Mets, you know, they had a lot of injuries and and didn't do this. But the the one team that always scares me is the Mets. Anytime you're running out, Jacob Degrom, Senregard, um, yeah. Zach Wheeler, same thing with the the Nats, Scherzer, Corbin, they, yeah, Strasburg. Corbin. So that, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a great division, um, you know, and I, I think you're going to have three, four teams come the All-Star break and after that are going to be neck and neck. I really do. So I think it's going to be a, a blast for everybody this year. And like I said, I think we're only going to get better. I, I think, you know, I look at Mike Soroka, some of these guys, I, I think I'm ready to see them get some innings and get the ball and see what they can do, you know. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I love that you bring up the defense because one of the things, you know, I'll get to get to the stadium you know, two two thirty something like that on a typical game day, and one of the things I always enjoyed watching was just watching Wash work with a different guy every day, Absolutely. putting in those those defensive drills and that work, and it that showed it showed on the game and and the Phillies, and then I'm we're not it's not my place to criticize because I never played or anything, oh, but it I was can. it was obvious, <laughs> it yeah, was, but it was obvious they, they, the, the defensive no, and, shortcomings. And, and were you obvious. talk about and Greg can tell you when you're a pitcher out there and you know that you have to be perfect because that group behind you is probably not going to make a play it changes your whole outlook to me on you know hey let them put the ball in play and let my defense make plays when I used to turn around and see Andrew 20 yards from second base you know it fired me up because I always got hurt with the stuff falling right behind Absolutely. second and shortstop and so you look at Marquise Grissom Otis Nixon Andrew Jones the three best outfielders that I saw play the game for a long time um, it just made you be more confident, right? You know that you weren't having to be perfect. You could pitch your game, and for the most part, you had guys that that would take care of you if you made a mistake. And uh, it, it does mean a lot. People don't understand that, but it it just gives you confidence to throw that pitch that you might be thinking that, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't post. It. But hey, I got this guy here. He's going to get everything. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that, that that's going to help the Braves coming forward. Is I think about a four or five year period there in the minor leagues, we stopped kind of teaching these guys how to play the game the right way because I always knew right when I came up you know like when Huddy was pinching, pitching for instance you know he he'd want me up just like you he's sinker baller you know don't let these bleed dry if a guy hits it off the wall then great Bad you pitch. know whereas a guy like Glav when he was pitching hey play deep you know I you know fly balls whatever if a guy bloops one in I can live with it so but I think now, guys, when we came up, you remember, we were expected to know how to play the game of baseball. And if you didn't, you weren't going to be up long. And I think we got away from that for a little bit. And I think they've kind of got that back now that they're teaching guys in the minor leagues how to play the game the right way and the Braves way. And so when they come up, they don't miss a beat. Mm -hmm. Well, we went through the, the rebuild and the, the lean years there, but now we're finally back. I think we're getting back to where we want to be, and it's a really, well, and we really got exciting depth. time. We got depth. depth. If, yeah. You know, you, you look at the, the one thing you saw, the Nats. They they got some of the best pitching, same thing with the Mets, but they don't have the depth we have. So if those right. guys don't stay healthy, they're in a load of trouble. Well, and look at the Dodgers and the Red Sox in the World Series. One thing you could say is they had good players everywhere, everywhere. on the bench, deep, in the game. And if you want, you know, Right now, we shouldn't be thinking about, well, we just want to win the division again. But if we really want to make that next step and go deep in the playoffs, World Series, then that's the formula. You know, the formula it was pretty obvious about the good pitching, the defense, and they just had great athletes everywhere. Well, and I think Braves fans got to see that firsthand when the Dodgers came into town and played us, mm -hmm. you know, that they were a better baseball team than we were. And, you know, you look at what we did this offseason. Now to be able to have a guy like Culberson and Camargo – on your bench to start the year, 
Now that's how you win ball games is have guys that you feel comfortable. Okay, if I got to play them for ten days in a row, no problem. Right. But you got guys that you can trust and know on the bench. That's how you win ball games. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, and that lineup is already gotten better. Yeah, absolutely. It's and getting stretched out. Yeah, and who knows what's going to happen? It's, I'm amazed at how late these signings have been, and I think that these the analytics and the patience in the front office allowed play things to play out. That I think we've still got a couple moves left in us. Oh, and if I, not, it's going to be – it could go into the season. So, you look at the foundation that we have and then knowing that we're going to add pieces that are going to make us better. No doubt. I, I think baseball's headed for a funny thing, and we've talked about it because I think guys with the analytics they are, they don't want to overpay. They don't want to pay for wasted years down the road. And so, they're getting a little more – well, on the other hand, as a former player, they're getting nervous, and these yeah. guys are not happy about it. And I'm telling you, another couple of years when that new bargaining agreement comes, it's going to be very interesting because you're going to have one side saying, why aren't the you know the revenue, they're making money, they're doing this, why aren't they being we paid? We just set a record for revenues and that's my as point. an industry. And you're going to have a team saying, well, I'm not just going to waste money. You know, so it, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what happens. We've had some smooth bargaining agreements. We have. We've been lucky, man. History. The last yeah. 20 years have been very – ever since that 94 strike, it's been very, very nice. But I, there might be a fight coming up. Yeah. Hope not. But uh, yeah. But we're in a good, interesting time of the game. And um, it's definitely – we've been able to see the evolution of, of how the game has changed. And of course, I talk to alumni all the time about – they're asking me, well, what about what's going on with all this pitching? What's going on with this, all the analytics? You know, the strike zone is no longer, you know, it's now vertical instead of horizontal. And, you know, so we have these discussions about it. And I said, hey, you know, we may not like it because we're not used to that, but the game has changed. It has evolved to something different than what we knew or what we've known in the past. But it, it's interesting. And, and I've loved talking to Alex. And we've had um, Perry on, and, and it was fascinating. And, we're going to have more of the front office guys on. We've had Snit on. And so it's just interesting as a pitcher to hear, you know, how their how, – what their perspective is on how the game and how it's, how it's changed and what they're, what they're seeing in the short-term future because it is certainly different. And it is. And there's things that I wish, looking back 10 years ago, I wish someone would have came to me with this number on a launch angle or spin rate with some of this stuff and said, look at you, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you need to get better. And I wish someone would have done that. Yeah. You know, would have been different? Maybe it would have. You know, maybe yeah. you would have changed a couple of things. But at least you would have had the info. Yeah. And that's something I think they're doing a good job here is they're giving the players the info. And then after that, you do with it what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much thank for, you guys. for taking the time. Absolutely. And we're really looking forward to Pleasure. hearing you and seeing you in the booth yep. for – a lot more games this year, so it's gonna, it's an exciting time, and we're looking forward to it. Make Enjoy. sure you pump our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I promise. I promise you'll on. never have to hear me sing again. <laughs> okay. Well, again. if you I do promise. that, I'll pump it. Okay. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate Jeff. it, Thanks, guys. Our thanks again to Jeff Francoeur for joining us here on Behind the Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, uh, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Okay, so I was I was supposed to come down to fantasy camp with you. I was really looking forward to it, and then I had a uh, a new media the MLB's new media summit happened to be scheduled in New York City at the commissioner's office the same exact week. Um, so I wasn't able to make it, which I was bummed about. I was glad to get to go to the summit because it was I learned a lot and it was. It, Good to go to the commissioner's office and hear a lot of uh, interesting and 
uh, important, justifiably important people speak and, and tell you their thoughts on the current state of things. But I have to know, how how was fantasy camp? I hate that I missed it. How was it? Well, I, I hate when work gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> no, fantasy camp was great. It It's uh, it's a busy week. It goes by extremely fast. We were, were up at 6 o'clock in the morning in bed at midnight. It's a full day of entertaining and baseball and eating and drinking and um, – I mean, uh, there's just a lot that goes on. Kangaroo court. I mean, I, I think I pulled a muscle from laughing <laughs> from one of my alumni that maybe I'll mention his name, but he okay. he was he was out there pitching. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was laughing thinking about. It. <laughs> so um, one of my good friends, Jay Howell, was pitching, and uh, you know, all week he'd been coaching. You know, of course, we draft him on the teams, and then we're coaching. We have a pitching coach, so. He was he was uh, uh, his Eddie Perez was his manager and then Jay was the pitching coach. So you know they're they draft their players so they're invested in them. They're working with them through the week and and there's times where we throw batting practice. I said Jay, have you thrown? Have you thrown yet? No, and I'm saving it saving it for Saturday. And I said, well, you probably need to throw a little bit because you probably haven't been on the mound in a while and picked a ball. So no, no, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So Saturday comes along and it's time for him to go out there and pitch. And he gets out there and he throws a pitch and the ball gets one of those plays where the ball dribbles between first base and second baseman uh-huh. and he's got to sprint over and cover. The, oh, he no. takes about a step and a half and just bites it <laughs> on the ground. He's flopping around <laughs> like a tuna. And uh, <laughs> we were just dying laughing. And, then, of course, Andrew Jones comes with us and the very first ball he hits, he gets – I think he hits a double, but he gets – he gets picked off of second base and gets in a rundown. I'm like, no, not a rundown. Your very first and who knows the last time he'd been in a rundown, but he ends up flopping on the ground and then trying to crawl back to the bag and gets tagged out. And, and the only thing I could think of is that I'm, I'm like, man, there's, I don't see much difference between my team and the, the, the campers team. <laughs> I said, you know, we've been doing this for nine years. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I, I've got to create uh, – I need to step it up and, and maintain our dominance here. But I might have to start recruiting some younger alumni. Now, see, here what, what I'm hearing is it sounds like the Braves Fantasy Camp, you've got true parity. Oh, my god! It sounds gosh. like there's true league parity that I you've got like down that. there. I don't like that. You want domi- dominance? I want to dominate these guys. I can't let them think that they're, they're – um, they they keep thinking they're going to beat us every year, but uh, but I got to main. I don't want there to be any hope. Well, how I, any I, hope of winning? Nah, see, I'm I'm. Team. We let them win during the week, and I then we here. crush them on Saturday. I am here <laughs> to root for the little man. I want the I want the big upset. Yeah, no, you know. my ego's too big for that. I, I okay. I can understand. I can understand that. I mean, I'm pitching right. Yeah, and, and you know, and I just get enough in there when they start to feel like that they've taken a good swing I just totally eliminate all hope and I make them look silly mm-hmm. right so I just I can't I can't just now I do throw batting practice and I let them just you know hit the ball but when I'm out there pitching you know it's just kind of hard those juices start going uh-huh. to let them think that they're getting a good swing off of you but uh but it, it's a it's a lot of fun we had yeah. a good time it's fun. Like you said, there's juices start flowing. <laughs> this is one time on our family's beach trip. You know, my dad was a former race car driver. Right. One time we went to one of those, like, go-kart tracks like you would go to at Myrtle <laughs> Beach. And we're out there just messing around, you know, just having fun. Uh, but then he gets to bumping and, you know, banging a little bit. And then we get out and he's like, you know, that kind of I kind of got the juices flowing a little bit there. He's been, re- he's been retired That's for good. 10 years. But yeah. hey. well, how, how, how much did you – all right, how much did you pitch? How much do you pitch warm-up, like, you get yourself ready before you go down there? 
if you're because oh, it sounds like you want to. I did want zero. Oh really? Okay. Did zero this year. That's how much confidence I have. Ah, but I realized that I probably need to do a little bit more than I've done <laughs> in the past. No, what's interesting is that I, I've taught for many years around the Atlanta area, but over the last year, because of work and what the amount of alumni interaction we've had, I've not been able to teach over the last year, year, year and a half. So that was those were my opportunities to pit to throw you know, and to keep my arm in shape and that kind of stuff. So I was a little concerned going down this year thinking, you know, I haven't picked up a ball in over a year and a half since the last fantasy camp was the last time I pitched. So I was a little concerned, you know, because the last thing you want to do is have rotator cuff surgery or blow something out at age 52. It doesn't sound like fun. No, it doesn't sound like fun. So, um, but no, we were fine. And, uh, but I did realize that our team and even one of the campers pointed out, says, hey, you guys are as bad as we are. <laughs> I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I guess I'm going to have to – that's why I told Jeff, you know, when we talked today, I said, I got to – you know, I got Andrew down there. I'm going to get Francoeur. may have to ask Medlin. Some of these guys mm-hmm. are a little bit – they're just retired – ugly, you know. So, we have to get those guys down there, and I've got to – I got to create a little bit better mixture because the team I saw this year I wasn't real happy with. Yeah, well, because Jeff still looks like he could play. Oh, he's still yeah. he's in great shape. Sure. Ugla, Ugla, I've seen him. Oh, yeah, he, he looks like he's he can still still yeah. crush. Well, have you gotten Ave down there? Oh really? yeah, Ave pitches. Okay, I was gonna say that guy yeah. is still he's still yeah. in really good shape. Yeah. Ave looks good, and uh, Charlie Liebrandt pitched great this year. Okay, he was really good, and then um, Marquise Marquise hit and played center field. Andrew played shortstop. I'm going to have to tell him he just can't. <laughs> Did he play? He, he, he play can bat ball? fourth, but he cannot play shortstop. <laughs> and he tried to blame me, saying it was I didn't get him the right shoes and all. <laughs> <laughs> what did he did? He didn't. He didn't pick them out there at short. No, he did not pick them. I'm sure it was my fault. Oh, okay, I'm sure it was. <laughs> That's. I remember years and years ago. This would have been like 2004 or something like that. Me and a buddy came down to. I wasn't living in Atlanta at the time, but we came down for a weekend of games at Turner Field. And uh, we got there in time to watch batting practice. And first thing we see is Smoltz uh, play like it's short, just out there picking yeah. on the field and grounders. And my buddy just goes, uh, Smoltz has been around for a while, but he's still out there just living the dream, playing yeah. short, isn't he? Yeah, that's it's, right. That's where everybody. That's, that's where they all want to play. Everybody's like, I, I, I could play short. Yeah. You well, know? you know, shortstop, center field, center field. Those are the two sexy positions. I mean, right? Eddie Perez played third for me. He was Did he it? was good because he didn't go after anything. He just kind of, <laughs> oh, that's too far. He oh, Roger, Roger Doran over there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ole. <Yeah. laughs> now Sid Sid plays first. He he does a good job. He yeah. still hits the ball and and. Uh, Runs and and picks it at first. So uh, how's the the mustache still in midseason yeah. form? Oh yeah, he looks he looks the same. Okay, that's yeah. good. You know, I could think now that I brought up Major League when I was flying back from uh, the MLB Summit in New York. Um, get on the plane, and of course you you know you got all these movies you can choose from in the back mm-hmm. of the headdress there. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to watch a movie I've never seen. And I'm going through, I went through all of them. There's a ton of them going through. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that one's in contention. And then I get, and there's Major League, which I've seen a zillion times. And it's my favorite baseball movie. Mm-hmm. And I tried to scroll past it and pick a movie. And then I ended up I just know. watching it's Major hard. League. And it was, it was perfect. But all I could think of when you said Andrew in, in the pickoff uh, and not quite making it to the base was uh, Willie Mays Hayes in spring training. <laughs> where he's about five feet short, and the guy's just going, come on, yeah. come on, you can come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So. There's a couple movies like uh, um, It's Hard for Me to Go Past Jerry Maguire. That's, sure. Uh, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah. So there's uh, there's some that just make you. My, I think my favorite baseball movie, there's a couple of them, but I like Eight Men Out. You know, that one's, I'm ashamed to say it, I've still never seen Eight really? Men Out. I need to watch it. That's a good it, one. Yeah. 
and I love the Ken Burns um, oh, documentaries. That is, the, those are fantastic. I, I listen to him. He's done Civil War, and you know, there's yeah. there's a bunch of them that he's done. And I remember back when I first started back with the Braves in around 2010, 2011, he did his ninth inning. Mm-hmm. It was um, tenth inning. Ten, I'm sorry, tenth mm-hmm. inning. Yeah, and that was that was really interesting because he kind of stopped when the in the ninth inning. I think he stopped right around the when we were in the World Series in 95. Mm-hmm. And so then he went through and did the steroid era and all that, which yeah. is pretty, pretty interesting. That's I, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I had the uh, Ken Burns baseball documentary on as a kid on VHS. Oh, yeah. Like the nine tape oh, yeah. set. I had that. I still have it somewhere mm-hmm. in storage. I've got it on – now I think I've got it on DVD now somewhere too. Put them the all together thing. and you got the picture of Ty yeah. Cobb and all that. Yeah, or you could turn it around to the – I can't remember. On the other side was a more mod, like a – picture from like the 80s i think and i can't remember mm. what it was it might have been the mets red sox 86 series but i can't remember but yeah but i always kept it on the well, whatever i think it was ty cobb they put yeah. them together and they make the picture uh, underrated real quick well we're talking movies uh kevin McAlpin, uh braves radio reporter he and i are both big uh uh mr baseball fans the tom Selleck where oh, he goes yeah, and plays yeah. in japan mr. 3000 no, 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 no. That's Bernie Mac. Mr. Oh, Baseball yeah, is where Tom yeah, Selleck yeah, yeah. goes to plays for the Chunichi Dragons. That's right. For Detroit. Literally, Kevin and I sit next to each other in the press box during the season, and there's hardly a day that goes by that Major League or, or Mr. Baseball aren't quoted. Oh, it's, really? It's a, Mr. Baseball is an under – I will die on that hill that it's an underrated baseball. Wow. Movie. Okay. Just to, If you haven't seen I it. I mean, I like Tom Selleck, and I've seen yeah. I've seen that. Another but, great uh, must, prolific mustache. Sid Bream, Tom yeah. Selleck. Yeah. I guess I'll have to go back and, and – um, he does, is it kind of like Napoleon Dynamite quotable, or is it like Major League quotable? I'd, I'd put it more on the Major League quotable okay. side. Yeah, I think so. There's, there's. Um, well, the, the problem is now I'm sitting here trying to think of clean quotes that I could say on here, and I'm not, <laughs> and it's not R rated. But boy, I don't think I can say any of them. It's, 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 yeah. it's good though. It's, it's good I, for the for for a press box. I think sure. you know when I was playing one of the most quoted shows. Or movies, I should say, on the team was um, was the uh, Tom Cruise movie uh, "Few Good Men." Mm-hmm. That was a serious one, but for me, um, I, I loved the the most quoted comedy that I think about. Just consistent quotes was there's a Jack Nicholson was in a movie called "As Good as It Gets," mm-hmm. and to me, that you know that. I can I can always watch that one because there's just he quote after quote yeah. after quote from that. What's well, the the name of the movie comes from him saying is this as good as it gets, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's asking the question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's 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 great. We yeah. can talk about movies all day yeah, long. Yeah, you're right. That, you're right. We're we're getting we're even getting into non-sports movies now. That's just yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. We, we could we could go on. They said we're not paying for this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> all right, well, our thanks again to uh Braves alum and uh, now current Braves broadcaster Jeff Francoeur for joining us on Behind the Braves. Hey, it's it's uh, February is is quickly approaching. Spring training is quickly approaching, which means the 2019 is quickly approaching. So wow. it's going to be a big year for the Braves, I think, and a big year for us here on Behind the Braves. I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, this will be our first full year, mm-hmm. um, and we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully, we don't wear down. I think well, at the well, end. we'll have yeah. to get our vocal cords in shape. Yeah, we'll do do well. I mean, I I, I might have to start singing again just to stretch out the <laughs> stretch out stretch out the. What vocal did you cords. think when Jeff Jeff? I, I knew Jeff wasn't going to recognize you. No, I knew he wasn't either. That was the whole point. That was all. That was all like just a setup. I just wanted to see how he was going to react, and then he smiled. Then he just kind of looked to the side, and like kind of not smack, but kind of like 
kind of tapping the couch. He's like, and it was you. And yeah. That was you. Do you think yeah. in his mind he was saying, God. That guy was creepy then. Now he's creepy. <laughs> that, that's probably that was the that was the impression I got. Yeah, that's what I thought. I he liked, had no idea. Yeah, I like yeah. that he thought because I was I was made at a point. I was like, I'm not going to ask him about that prank thing. The prank. Yeah. Have you ever seen that where he got the? Uh, I can't remember if it was a teammate. It's like a month uh, where a teammate made him think that it was in the in the minors. Oh. That he couldn't. Yeah, there was something about uh, it, right? Yeah. Um, he couldn't hear? Or? That he was deaf, I think yeah, was, was the deaf. deal. Yeah. And it went on for like a month. <laughs> That's what he was it. thinking about? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Because we were both kind of like, all right, should, should, yeah. should I ask him now? And, and him going, like, I know you're going to go with this. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, you really don't. <laughs> you don't know where this is going. <laughs> this is, I'm going to ask you something, to, just a random yeah. thing from years was ago. Was he thankful that we didn't ask him I th- about that? I would think so. He's probably tired of talking about <laughs> See, it. See, I didn't. I, I wouldn't even have thought to ask him that because I didn't know. I heard about that but i didn't know that he's probably and he back, was a, and you know story. he was a very good sport about it as oh you could yeah. tell, as you would expect but yeah i didn't, I didn't want to be the latest person to ask well him we can't that. we can't make him mad then he'll never want to come on again exactly and he's going to be around a lot obviously calling all those games and we're going to be doing uh doing behind the braves regularly so yeah, yeah we're going to want him to promote yeah exactly we, we need to we need stuff the, about us we need those plugs on tv we need those yeah yeah, so. well, he's a good sport and a lot of fun, and and hopefully you guys enjoyed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as always, uh, we thank you guys. The feedback on Twitter, the reviews on on Apple and elsewhere have been awesome. And every time I, I just happen to check the show on the charts and all that, like the the charts are it's always great. And then seeing that you're leaving the five star reviews, it's 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 we really really we very much appreciate it, and we we see it, mm-hmm. and um, it it and. In addition to us appreciating it, it helps other people find out about the show. Keep spreading the word. Tell a friend. Put it on your Instagram story. Tweet about it. Um, and just let people know that Behind the Braves is out mm-hmm. here. We very much appreciate it. So for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast, and we will see you next time. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.